You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. All right, before we get to some breaking news this evening, I wanted to welcome Bryson back. Good to see you, sir. How you doing? Doing all right, man. I'm down here doing a training for work, so apologize to the listeners that I missed last week, but I'm ready to get back and talk some exciting news in Carolina Panthers football and hopefully uh, address a couple of things that have happened. Yeah, we got, you know, a lot to get to tonight on the coaching front. Um, about an hour ago, literally, Ben Johnson informed teams that he is staying in Detroit. He was slated to travel Wednesday, tomorrow to interview with the Panthers. Um, but he feels Detroit is building something special and wants to see it through. And that was according to Tom Pilicero. So kind of a bummer. If you ask me, um, definitely thought, I mean, through all the reporting uh, that it seemed like Ben was the leading candidate for the job, young up and coming offensive coordinator. I heard it from, you know, David Tepper myself with with his little interest that he, you know, mentioned to me before that Detroit game and for that to come to a head tonight and kind of it's now it's it's gone. It ain't happening. So before I get into your reaction, I just kind of want to set the table here of where we're at with head coaching interviews for folks, and then I'll get your reaction to Ben Johnson. But so far, they've interviewed Jim Caldwell, Frank Reich, Steve Wilkes, and Shane Steichen. Um, they've also requested interviews with Ken Dorsey, Mike Kefka, Ajiro Avero, I think I'm saying that right, and Sean Payton. They've also interviewed, which is been kind of interesting a couple defensive coordinators uh, Vic Vangio and then they've requested interviews with Chris Richard he's the co-D coordinator and DB coach for the Saints and Mark Juan Manuel DB coach for the Jets and now the wrinkle into that is three coaches have dropped out of the running and that's Ben Johnson Tonight, Gerard Mayo, who is looks like he's getting an extension with New England, possibly a replacement for Bill Belichick, and then D'Amico Ryans, which was over what they're calling logistical issues. But Bryce, I want to start with Ben Johnson because I know you've liked him for a while now. What's your thoughts on him dropping out of the race? Yeah, I, w- I was sad to hear it. Um, like you mentioned, he's been one of my favorites since early in the season uh, when – the Lions started making the turn and he kind of became a hot candidate for potential head coaching openings in this offseason. So uh, a Tar Heels guy, uh, really great offensive mind in the league, young. I mean, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience his first season as an OC, but took the Lions offense from 22nd in the league to fifth and made Jared Goff look like a top 10 quarterback this year. I mean, he did an amazing job and Dan Campbell accredits all that to Ben Johnson. So, uh, I was sad to to hear that he had dropped out. Um, I just the writing, the writing just seem it seems to be leaning one way. I'm sure we'll get into it later, um, coach wise. And I just 
I just don't know if I'm willing to go that route. You know, with Ben Johnson, obviously you, you keep your picks. Um, you could bring in a, a an older, more veteran defensive coordinator like Fangio that they interviewed, but you know maybe they interviewed for, for a different reason. Um, but yeah, I, I was just disappointed in general, um, just to hear that he he was out of the running. Yeah, and just looking, I mean Ben Johnson, he's been coaching. I mean, not at like a top tier level, like offensive coordinator, but I mean, the guy's been coaching since 2009. So he's been, he's been a bounced around a couple of teams. I know there's been some criticism of, you know, who those head coaches were in those ranks, Adam Gase, uh, the guy from Detroit, um, Patricia, not the greatest guys in the world, but again, he he's been through the ranks, and there is no denying what he did with Detroit this last season. You know, Jared Goff pre Ben Johnson was not playing very well, and it. I mean, the talk this offseason was they're going to go and get out and maybe get a rookie, uh, and you know they were at they were they were the heads of that um, that All Star game or whatever that college game. They ran that. They ran the show there. I mean, there was talks maybe of them going out, maybe getting a guy like Malik Willis. You know, they stuck with Jared Goff and 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 Ben Johnson's got him playing and you know top ten QB level. I mean, just off the charts offensively, which is it's impressive. There's no doubt about it. And all indications from majority of reporters that typically get it right with Carolina that he was pro- he was the leading candidate. And the timing of it is interesting. It's obviously happens the day before he's supposed to come here. So I don't know if he got tipped off about anything or, you know, Dan Campbell have seen the reports and maybe sat him down and said, Hey, is this something you really want to do? We'd really love to have you back. Would you reconsider type of thing? And so no one really knows why, but it's, it sucks. It does. And I feel like it's Carolina. David Tepper makes, I mean, I, I don't know if, you know, this, this, it was Tipper's fault because I don't, he hadn't had a chance to interview him, but it just, it just seems like Carolina's process of going about things is it's never normal. It really isn't in every off season that a sense Tepper has taken over. So I guess we just got to enjoy the ride and hope, you know, he makes the right decision. Well, let's talk about the guy that a lot of people are talking about right now. And we mentioned him a little bit ago, and that's Sean Payton. He announced on the herd, I think it was yesterday, he is meeting with David Tepper in New York for an in-person interview on Friday. And which means the Saints have granted the Panthers permission to talk with their former head coach. Now, I know there was stuff that came out today about Roman Harper, but let's talk about Sean Payton. And I, me and you have discussed this a little bit, but would you like Sean Payton to be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers? I mean, look, he's he's got a proven track record as a successful coach. I mean, he's won a Super Bowl, uh, coached one of the best offenses in the league for a long time. Uh, the biggest issue for me at this point in time is the compensation that the Saints are going to request from Carolina. And, and you know, you've seen the reports that it's going to be higher than any other team because they are a division rival, which makes sense. And I just don't really feel like that the Carolina Panthers are in a position to be trading away assets to 
obtain a head coach um, like Sean Payton's caliber. I feel like there are options out and available right now that, um, you know, could reach the level of Sean Payton coaching. And Ben Johnson, I felt, was definitely one of those guys. And a couple others, Steichen from uh, from Philadelphia and then uh, Frank Wright from uh, Indianapolis. I mean, Reich is a proven winner. Uh, you know, he lost his job this off this past season, but uh, he's – been in the playoffs and won games and I don't I'm just for me personally I'm not comfortable with the reported uh reported compensation being a first round pick this year and a first round pick next year possibly. Uh I know Roman Harper had said something about a first round pick and a fourth. Um but I just I have a hard time seeing the Saints <laughs> letting that happen. Uh I mean Sean Payton just in general a great coach. Uh you know I've always had respect for him. I never really liked him because he was division rival head coach and all the things with Bounty Gate and, and just being who he was in relation to the Carolina Panthers. Wasn't really a fan of him, but always respected him. You know, one of the greatest offensive minds in NFL history, really. Um, and I guess if Tepper wants to make a swing to really turn heads this offseason, that's the, the signing that he makes. I uh, really felt that Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh was an option, uh, but it really seems like, you know, he, the NFL wasn't really interested in him, and that's interesting to me, um, in general. But yeah, I overall, obviously, Sean Payton is a good coach, but I'm not really sure that the Carolina Panthers are in a position to trade away high value assets uh, to a, a obtain a head coach at this point. Yeah, I, I, I just, I have a hard time overlooking him and what he has done against us bounty gate um the the antics in the locker room i mean i get i am a sour fan there's no doubt about it uh when it comes to sean payton um and, but in the same vein i do respect him as a coach and how good he is i just i don't know if i could stomach him being on this team i i, I don't know if i can get over it I mean, I think winning obviously would probably help that. And I mean, if the guy brings a Super Bowl here, I'll shut up. But like, I just can't get over the fact that they would give up compensation to the Saints to go and get a guy and hope he could bring this team to a Super Bowl. And he might. I mean, he might. And there's, I'm not, I can't, I can't say that one way or another, but I just have a hard time dealing with it. I do. I do. The Saints are my most hated team in this division, personally. I know you probably, I know you feel differently, but I just, I've never liked that team. I never liked the way Sean Payton ran things with that team. I always thought he was, I don't know, it's just, he just always rubbed me the wrong way. So for me, that would be difficult. But, you know, I know David Tepper, he likes to take swings. And, up to this point, he's failed at those swings. I just tweeted this out a couple minutes ago. He's, you know, he's tried to go after Stafford. He's tried to go after Watts, and he's never been able to reel in the big fish. And I don't, I just don't see it happening. I don't. I think Denver is the likely possibility here. They got a, they got a QB. They have pieces on both sides of the ball. I feel like Denver's willing to give. Sean Payton up more of the reins, and it sounds like through some reporting that I've seen today that. Sean Payton kind of wants that full control type of, uh, you know, over the organization. And I don't know if 
Tepper's willing to give that up again. And I feel like, you know, Fitterer and uh, Dan Morgan has been involved. It seems pretty heavily in this coaching search. I don't know as much as Dan Morgan, but I know Scott Fitterer has is and has been. So I feel it'd be weird if, you know, they go out and hire Sean Payton and just uh, all of a sudden fire Scott Fitterer out of the blue. So that, I mean, if Sean Payton were to overcome that and want to work with Scott Fitter and they jive and he jives with Tepper in his interview, I just I think it's a real long shot. But you talked about Roman Harper. And he said today on Bailey and Harper, Kylie Bailey from FNZ, that he believes there's a chance Payton could come to Carolina. He didn't think so at all a couple months ago. And from what I heard on when I listened to it, I heard a first and a third or a fourth. And it sounded like it would not have to be a first round pick this year. So it could be a third or fourth this year and then a first rounder next year. If that's the case, you kind of talked about this a little bit, Bryson, but would you be willing to give that up for Peyton if it didn't include the ninth pick in the draft this year? I mean, obviously that's more enticing, but again, we got to figure out the quarterback position. I think that's the most important thing this offseason. Uh, it doesn't matter who's here at head coach. If he does not have a quarterback, a competent quarterback, the Panthers are not going to win games. I think that's been proven year after year in Carolina. So uh, maybe Sean Payton presents a plan to Tepper uh, and, you know, they, they figure something out uh, in regards to the quarterback. But uh, <clears throat> from what I heard, pretty much the, the meeting on Friday is Tepper – is Sean Payton interviewing Tepper to see if Sean Payton wants to work with Tepper. And it's not really the opposite of Tepper interviewing Sean Payton. So um, I guess if Tepper can sell Payton on his vision in Carolina and maybe make amends in, in regard to the – control of the roster that Sean Payton's going to want, then maybe that happens. But I just – I still am very uncomfortable trading assets to hire a head coach. I just – I don't think that that's a very um, proper way to use your assets when you're a team like the Carolina Panthers who haven't won in five, six years, haven't made the playoffs, and you're trading away a first-round pick to, to sign a head coach. I just – I don't really – I don't really vibe with it, but – you know, if it does happen, Carolina does have a very competent head coach at the reins, and hopefully he can figure things out with a missing first-round pick and probably a third. But I just – I have a really hard time seeing that working out in Carolina. Yeah, and I mean, it's not guaranteed that this team is, you know, a playoff team right out of the gate. I mean, I guess we would expect that and we'd want that. But, I mean, if, if next year they – you know, they come out and they get a top 15 pick. I'm going to be really pissed off if that's going away to a division rival, and that's going to suck. Again, it's happened before. You've seen there has been interdivision. I mean, Bill Belichick's the one that comes to mind, right? I think he was traded from, was it the Jets to the Patriots? I thought that's what it was. Was that, or was it was it Cleveland? Was it Cleveland? I, think I don't it, know. I think it was Cleveland. Cleveland. But anyway, that I mean that I gotta look this up just to make sure. 
And and just a side note, because I, I did mention his name, Frank Wright. Uh, Sheena Quick tweeted about 30 minutes ago that she's hearing that he had a strong interview with the Panthers and that the list is shortening. So uh, I think that that is another very good option for Carolina. Really like his, his style, offensive head coach. Kind of got wrapped up into some things. And, you know, Matt Ryan wasn't really the quarterback who they thought they he was when they traded for him. And um, kind of the season fell, fell to the wayside. But he's won games, really an offensive – one of the better offensive minds in the league, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, he obviously wants to be a head coach. He's talked about it. And he's got the history here in Carolina, was a quarterback for the Panthers at one point. So, uh, I, Reich would definitely be a good choice, in, in in my opinion. Yeah, and it was. Bill Belichick, just to go back, he was traded to the from the Jets to the Patriots. It was wow. – it's kind of weird because what happened was is he resigned as the Jets coach and then a couple weeks later became the coach of the Patriots and then the Jets called – for the NFL to give them compensation compensation. They ended up getting a first round pick, a fourth round and a seventh rounder in 2001. So yeah, that, that was one of the interdivision trades. So it's happened before. Uh, I just, I do, I think it's a long shot and I go like Denver, richest on the NFL, obviously David Tepper's second, but look what I mean, look what that team did. I don't know. I'm sure you saw this last week of the season, ripped out their entire field and put in a whole new sod and a whole new grass for them to play on Sunday. That team is clearly w- willing to do whatever it takes to win. Literally, they switched it over in a week and they were going to replace it in the offseason, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to replace it, which is pennies for that new owner who's the CEO of Walmart. I just think they're going to throw the bag at him, and I would not want the Panthers to get in the bidding war over that. But I would not put anything past David Tepper. But yeah, Frank Reich, I think, would be a you know a solid choice. I I would rather have Shane Steichen or Steichen, however you pronounce the guy's name. I think he's done really well for Philly, and I like that young minded type of offensive coordinator to come in and kind of turn this team around offensively. I know Frank Reich has done it in the past and he's worked with, so he does have experience in that field. But if I had to pick anyone, I think my ranking right now, and we need to get your ranking on the air too here, because I know you've tweeted it out, but I don't think we have it. If I had to choose right now, just based off of what is happening, I would go... Shane Steichen, Steve Wilkes, and I'd still put D'Amico Ryans in there. I still think he's going to be a damn good coach wherever he goes, and I know that the Panthers might circle back with him in an interview, but I feel like he could be really good if given the opportunity. And he, he might be a guy that goes to Houston, so who knows? But I think that would be my list, a little altered from where we were a couple days ago. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. 
Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. This week, Bryson is back. He's going to take the pick for the divisional round. He has the San Francisco 49ers covering their three-and-a-half favorites over the Cowboys. He has them covering and winning that game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. What about you? Yeah. What, what's your top? What's your dream? Your dream list? Yeah, mine's changed a little bit uh, since I tweeted it. Uh, ben Johnson was my number one uh, just because I really liked his scheme on offense and um, what he showed this year really I felt like was something that you couldn't pass up. But uh, with him out of the running, um, it, it's very complicated. But I guess number one would probably be Steichen for me as well. Um, feel like he's the young, offensive-minded. You know, he, he developed uh, uh, Jalen Hurts and helped develop Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's got a proven track record. Uh, he's, you know, he's he's got a coaching tree that he can bring with him. Feel like, he, I mean, he it could be worse than him in Carolina. Um, so he's probably my number one. Number two would be right, right. Um, I really, as I've stated before, the reasons. Feel like he would be a good choice in Carolina. Very conservative. You you could you could make the case that he cost us the game against Tampa Bay with the failure to go for it on fourth downs and the failure to make adjustments on defense. I mean the the Bucks offense looked awful in the playoffs and they looked unstoppable versus the Panthers. And I get the Panthers had injuries at the quarterback position, cornerback position, but there were no adjustments made throughout the whole entire game <clears throat> and. No safety help, no double coverage. They they left the corners on the island. Uh, that's just something that you see over and over again with the Wilkes, Rivera, Holcomb defense. And Wilkes is a good leader of men. You know he does have that quality about him. But I just I, I want to have an offensive minded head coach in Carolina for the first time in a very long time, maybe ever. And I think it's time. It's the way the league's going. Nine out of the ten coaches in the playoffs from this past weekend were offensive minded head coaches. Uh, with an offensive background, it, it I mean, it is the way and it is what Carolina needs to do uh, if they want to make strides to uh, eventually, hopefully, bring a Super Bowl home to Carolina. Yeah, and going off of Wilkes, because I thought this was interesting, this came out today that Al Holcomb interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons for their defensive coordinator job, but also in that note, in that report, it said that he would remain Steve Wilkes's defensive coordinator. And I just wanted, we talked about this last week on the show, so I wanted to get your take on how you feel about Al Holcomb returning because there was this, you know, JJ and I think Edgar mentioned a little bit last week their reservations about him. Kevin Avery seemed like he was on board of bringing him back, but what what are your thoughts on Al Holcomb returning as defensive coordinator if Steve Wilkes is hired? Yeah, I think if Steve Wilkes is hired, he needs a revamp of his staff on offense and defense. Uh, I don't think Holcomb is a coordinator that moves me in any way. Uh, just like I mentioned from the last game, uh, I mean the Bucks game. I mean he. It seems like. You know, every now and then they will find their footing and have a really good defensive game, like the C versus the Seahawks or whatever uh, the Broncos. But 
it just seems like there's also the games like the Steelers or the Bengals or the Bucks where it's it seems like he has no clue what he's doing. And I think that they play a lot to uh, hoping their players make make plays. Uh, and, and not having your, your top two corners is obviously a loss that hurts. But I don't feel like he brings an advantage to any defensive scheme over any other potential de- defensive candidates. So if they were to retain Steve Wilkes, I would want a new offensive coordinator first, and then they would need to explore a new defensive coordinator and, and get a different – and get a different philosophy in, but that also goes back to Wilkes's background, and that is defense, and that is the defense that Al Holcomb runs. Yeah, I'll just kind of reiterate what I said last weekend. I have a hard time getting over the Cincinnati game, the Steelers game, the Bucks game, and that defense not really being ready at all in those games and struggling. And the Bucks game, I get a little bit, but JJ brought up some good points last week of, you know, giving some of those guys help during those game and during the Bucks game because Mike Evans got burned. Or, I mean, Mike Evans burned the Panthers' corners a couple times on some deep shots, and you know JJ felt there should have been more help on some of those plays, and they should have done a better job with that. And I, I, I would agree with that. And I also think. I have a hard time watching Panthers games when it's a third and five and the Panthers are playing 10 yards off the ball. It drives me nuts. And it's, it goes back to the old Ron Rivera defense of style. And, you know, that kind of has been reciprocated through Steve Wilkes. And then obviously Al Holcomb, who it seems like is his right hand man. He was with him in Arizona. So I have a hard time believing that he's going to let him go no matter what. So I think if Wilkes is the guy, he's going to be sticking around in, you know, that defensive role, which I wouldn't mind bringing him back if he's in a, you know, in a, as a position coach, but I don't know if he's the right guy for a defensive coordinator position moving forward. And that's just, just my two cents on it. One thing I wanted to talk about, because this has been a discussion really across the league and eight of the, or seven of the eight coaches right now in the playoffs are come from offensive backgrounds. And there's only one in the league right now, which is Sean McDermott, former Panthers defensive coordinator, is the lone defensive-minded head coach in the playoffs. Just kind of wanted to get your take on the offense versus defense. I know where your head is at, but why offense? Why offense for this next head coach? Yeah, it's just the way the league's going. I've said it a couple times already. Um, I mean, you look at the teams that are winning – even the Bills have a pr- prolific offense uh, with Josh Allen, and um, their defense has not been that great this year. But uh, I think you know you look at you look around with the Eagles, who do have a very good defense, but also a very good offense. The Chiefs, obviously, a very good offense. I mean, you have to have a coach who schemes things appropriately according to the personnel and to a high level of. Uh, that I mean, that can win you games. Really, obviously, Ben McAdoo hasn't done that in Carolina. Uh, reverting back to the 
old-fashioned ground-and-pound run game and control the clock. And it doesn't work when you're playing teams that have a quarterback and a head coach and an offensive scheme that can pass the ball around and score points. And that's the way the, the league is going, and that's why the Rams won it last year and uh, was their offense. I mean, it's just it, – it, I think it's so – it's sitting right in front of us in plain sight. I, I don't think moving forward with a defensive-minded head coach is going to really – bring us progress in Carolina um, that we want so quickly. And this, this roster, it does have pieces on defense and it does have pieces on offense, but much more on defense. And I think, you know, you, you bring in the right defensive coordinator and, and the defense will take care of itself. The offense is what needs work for the most part, uh, especially in the quarterback position. So uh, to get a, a coach that can take care of that or aid in its, in its progress that needs to be made, uh, I think that's that's the goal. Yeah, and I I feel like Panther fans that want an offensive, you know, offensive minded guy are always defending ourselves, you know, about it on Twitter and wherever you're at. But this team has not ever hired an offensive minded coach ever. It's always been defensive minded. Every step of the way, from Dom Capers to John Fox to Ron Rivera to uh, Matt Rule, really didn't have an identity. Um, and then you know, you know, Steve Wilkes takes over, and that's kind of been the push. They have never went the offensive route, and you know, fans are they want that. And when the defensive guys haven't gotten you to you know, the, uh, they've gotten you to the pinnacle. They haven't won the big game. They haven't won the Super Bowl. It makes sense to try the other side. you got to give it a shot at some point. And the way the league is trending, now is, I mean, now's the time. There are guys out there that can do it and do it at a pretty good level. And I think it. <laughs> this is, I think this is the year they're going to do it, whether that's the veteran route of, you know, a Frank Reich or a Sean Payton, a splash kind of hire, or they go with someone younger with, you know, a, a, a Shane Steichen or a, a Mike Kefka. I mean, what the Giants did this past year has just been remarkable and mar to marvel at as Panther fans because, you know, I hate to bring this guy up, but Matt Rule, you know, I didn't. I didn't know this was going to be, you know, a, a two, a year, a one or two year plan. I thought this was going to be a four to five year plan type of thing after with a seven year contract. And look what Brian Dayball and Kafka and you know those and uh, their defensive coordinator. The name has escaped me, but he's got that team playing at a really high level in one year. I mean, this was a team that was, you know, talking about getting rid of Daniel Jones and. You know, is Saquon done with all the injuries? And they've really turned around that program. And they don't even have that elite of receivers either. So they've done a really nice job with the Giants. And I think Carolina, they made the mistake, and I'll admit it, of not getting rid of Matt Rule last year and, you know, could have gotten a Brian Dayball last year. Now's their shot to go out and find that guy this year. And I think they need to do it. So. Long story short, I'm all for the offensive guy. Again, I still think, you know, if 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 Wilkes does get a shot, I think he would I think he would do a pretty good job at it. But again, I think 
now is the time to finally take a, you know, a stab at an offensive coach. Bryce, I want to talk about just real quickly here this weekend before we end it. DraftKings Sportsbook, we got a couple games. I kind of want to get your just – we don't have to do points, just kind of what your t- – I'll read through the spreads, and then you uh, we'll just pick who we think are going to win this week's matchups for the playoffs. So we got the Chiefs. They're uh, eight-and-a-half favorite over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Eagles, seven-and-a-half favorite over the Giants. Bills, five-point favorite over the Bengals. And 49ers, a three and a half favorite over the Cowboys. So that's one, two, three, four. Am I counting that right? Yeah, four games. Who do you got winning those games? Yeah, I think the the one I feel most comfortable with would be the 49ers game. I think that they are going to outmatch and outmuscle the Cowboys uh, in, in every aspect. So. Uh, I would definitely feel comfortable taking them in the points uh, in, in that one. Um, next, Bengals, Bills. I'd probably go with the Bengals in the points in this one. Taking the five, was it five, five and a half or five points? It's I definitely five. feel like it's going to be a closer game um, than that. Uh, you know, maybe a two or three point win either side. They always play each other very well. And the Bills barely just beat the Dolphins. Um, so, uh, they're going through some things themselves. And then the other games are the uh, – what were the two other ones? Chiefs, eight-and-a-half favorite over the Jags, and then the Eagles, seven-and-a-half favorite over the Giants. Yeah, I don't like the the Eagles line. The Giants are playing really good football. Uh, Daniel Jones was the best quarterback in the playoffs this past week, uh, hands down. There wasn't anybody close to him. So – if he can, can if he can repeat a, a performance like that, I can see the Giants outright beating the Eagles, and which would be crazy, but it could happen. And then the Jags uh, versus the Chiefs, the Jags are just the team that you don't really know what you're going to get, uh, even from half to half. Um, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so I, I would I would take the Chiefs in that one. Um, and then I guess to clarify, I I think I would take the Giants in the points in the other one as well. Who would you pick for winners in those four games to move so the, on? So the my picks would be the Chiefs, the Giants. Wow, uh, you're going with the upset. Yeah, Chiefs, <laughs> Giants, um, Bills, and what was the the last game? Cowboys and Niners. Oh, in the Niners, yeah. Yeah, if I had to pick, I I mean. Mine, I mine are more safe picks here, but I think I think Chiefs are way too much for Jacksonville. I think I don't see the Chiefs allowing a team to come back like that in a game like yeah. what happened this past weekend with the Los Angeles Chargers. So I'd go Chiefs. I think the Eagles are going to be too much playing at home for the Giants to handle. Bills, I think Bills. That I was honestly, I was very shocked at how the Bills performed against the Dolphins. I thought that was going to be a blowout win, way too close for comfort. But I also thought Cincinnati. You know, the Ravens. I guess it was a divisional game too, but the Ravens played them tight. And I mean, if you had a different quarterback in that game, I the Ravens might upset them uh, on Sunday. So I'll go. I'll go Chiefs. 
Eagles, Bills, and I think the 49ers, Dallas. I just don't trust Dallas. I know they got their first road our road playoff win this past weekend in like 30 years, but I just do not trust them in the playoffs just based off their history. So give me the Niners. I mean, Brock Purdy's playing at a high level for being Mr. Irrelevance. Christian McCaffrey is, you know, with that team and Debo Samuel and Iuk and um, the tight end that's escaping me right now. All those guys are playing at a freaking high level and their defense is ridiculous. So I'll take the Niners in that one. But we want to thank everyone for listening to Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news. And as always, 